0: Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, Old Time Music with Cameron DeWitt and Friends. This week's friends are Alex Sturbaum and Brian Lindsay of CounterCurrent. We recorded this a couple weeks ago at my home in Portland, Oregon. Before we get started, I want to let you know that I'm teaching a playing up the neck banjo workshop series starting January 17th. You can sign up now at CameronDeWitt.com store, which is linked in the show notes. See you there. Stick around afterwards to hear how to keep up with this week's guests. But first, here's my interview and jam with CounterCurrent. Enjoy. to Get Up in the Cool.
1: Thanks Cameron. Brian Thanks. Lindsay,
0: Alex Sturbaum. I've been a fan of y'all's for quite a while now and you're no strangers to this podcast. It is so bizarre to me that this hasn't happened yet. Uh, this particular True. configuration for an interview.
2: We both, we both have sat in this, in this place with you before. Yeah. With, with, in various other configurations. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I'm glad we're doing <laughs> All this. Yeah, together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we're and we're doing it because y'all have a new album out that is <laughs> so lovely.
3: Oh, thank where you.
0: It, where you do what we just did. It's, it's true. It. Yeah, that, that song
2: that that set is on that album on the
0: record. <laughs> well, what what did we just play? Especially the the tunes that can't speak for themselves. Right. Yeah.
3: Well, uh, the first tune was a, a a tune that I wrote called "Cats in the Hen House. It's a, a tune that I wrote on Mandola that somehow manages to just squeak by being able to play it on a, on a on a fiddle or a mandolin. Um, and uh, and the last tune is an Irish tune that we have just done some dreadful things to. Okay. Oh, did, did you say <laughs> the name of the first tune? Oh yeah, I did. Cats and the Okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, faced. <laughs> yeah. Um so the last tune is called a fair Wind," and it's originally in G and it's also originally um, uh, just a three parter where the parts are all of equal length but we have uh, we doubled the first part so that we could play it for contra dances oh, yeah. yeah revealing revealing our 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 dark dark
2: motives for what we do <laughs> with a lot of tunes when we play them for dances
0: yeah so y'all are a band that is is it like ha- half and half dances in shows?
3: Give or take. Give yeah. or take, de- depending on the month.
0: <laughs> yeah. Y'all have the the restrictions for like playing at least a typical contra, which is that your tunes all have to be square. But then you also for things that maybe don't fit in that kind of environment don't fulfill that purpose of backing up dancers. You have your your songs, presumably some non-contra-friendly tunes as well.
3: Totally. Absolutely.
4: Yeah.
3: It's, uh, it's really fun to have the, the concert material available just bec- so that we are still allowed to fall in love with music that does not fit the dance restrictions.
0: Yeah, it's so great because um, y'all are such a lovely dance band, but you also, when you're not serving dancers... Uh, doing that like the craft of playing for a dance y'all also have like a lot of stuff to say I'm glad that you have separate sort of venues to like express yourselves and and the things you have to say I think you have things to say as dance band
4: (laughs) people too you know but like
0: also I love that you know y'all just like we'll write a diss track about Mitch McConnell sometimes (laughs) if you need to and then you have places to play that you know you don't have to totally stop a dance
3: it's true like callers tend to frown on it if you grab the caller mic and say can we dismantle capitalism (laughs) they'll be like yes but yes but we're trying to have a contra dance
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah, i feel like social dancing is like a space where people like you can have things to say and there are things that people are ready to hear in that space and then like we've kind of tried occasionally to poke at some of the boundaries of like what are what are things people might be ready to hear in this space or want to hear speak Um, on that well, just like whether that's like non traditional, non traditional musics in the country and space of like covering pop songs, oh, very or good. or like when we think about when we bring things with lyrics, what, what, like we've had a bunch of conversations about sort of like darker, heavier songs. Like a lot of people kind of view contradancing a little bit as escapism from a lot of the the trials and tribulations of the rest of the world sure like view that almost as like a safe space for just being joyous in community and part of our job as a dance band is to foster that right and um but then also like you know as like music music is never not political and and never um never exists in a vacuum and so we kind of have been thinking about and like kind of playing around with what can we bring to that space too but it's like you said it's nice to have right plenty of other venues yeah in which to share those feelings
3: yeah and i think um sometimes we sort of utilize the fact that we are that we have you know, some recognition or knowledge as a contradance band to get those contradance audiences into concert spaces where we can then sort of spread messages that might not be um, quite at home on a dance floor.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that because I feel like you're not saying that escapism is inherently bad. It's good to escape... Right. People, have At people least
2: need joy. To have people need happiness. Yeah. And then,
0: like. It also makes sense that you have other things to offer uh, outside of like pretending like you live in some sort of fairy community for a couple hours. Right. Yeah. Which is such a lovely thing that a contra dance,
3: yeah.
4: like you know, <laughs> can offer. By some, you
3: some definitions, I do kind of live in a fairy well, community. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> excuse me <laughs> <laughs> it's not a slur when I say it it's a, it's a very affectionate and approving yeah. well what else are we gonna play and then I want to ask about how y'all met because I'm sure I've heard the story before on this podcast but it would be nice to have you two uh, telling it at the same time cross-referencing the two yeah. of you
3: should we play some
0: old time music yeah that sounds, that sounds <laughs> good. good yeah <laughs> Let's do Whiteface. You want to do Whiteface? Yeah. And we can do Little Pine Siskin also. We don't. So normally, we, you know, there's like five tunes in the episode proper. Mm-hmm. We can just yeah. like play six tunes in the episode proper yeah. and then do a bonus track if we want. Yeah. I like playing tunes with y'all. Yeah.
3: How, how, yeah. Are we, how are we starting it? Potato it, Bri. <laughs>
0: that groovy before <laughs> that's so great I know, it's
3: groovy. <laughs> it never occurred to me to play it <laughs> slow <laughs>
0: it's lovely
3: it, it's fun it's fun at that tempo yeah.
2: it's possible i just encountered it like in a teaching environment slow and i liked it that way and i just never thought to speed it up i i i, I first heard it in a workshop with um megan lynch chowning oh um, yeah and i she taught that, and I was like, that's awesome, and I loved it, and I kept playing it, and I, I don't know, I just have liked it at that tempo, and I never yep. sped it up. That's great.
3: And then I think I I found that sort of groove behind it, and, and I was just like, yeah, this rips. <laughs> rips slowly
2: and groovily. Yeah. Exactly.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. how did you two meet? Uh... <clears throat> we met on the first day of freshman orientation at Oberlin College.
4: Cute.
3: Um, <laughs> you both dropped your books and. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right,
5: I tripped over your accordion <laughs> strap. <laughs> yep.
3: <laughs> now we uh, we both showed up at the uh, at the contra dance because um, uh, Oberlin has a uh, a thriving contra dance scene, and <clears throat> the uh, and the they were putting on a. Contradance on, uh, I think actually the first day of, of proper classes at Oberlin or some, I don't remember the exact day, but anyway, um, Brian already knew all of the seniors who played and organized, um, cause Brian had been in that world before. <clears throat> and I, I was, I was too awkward. I wanted to join the band, but I was too awkward to ask. So I just sort of sat on the stoops of the building where it was happening and played accordion until someone noticed me, uh, and Classic move. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've done that, just not with the accordion. <laughs> yeah, um, but then we uh, we both ended up in the open band, and at some point the uh, seniors were all like, "There's these two freshmen who want to play really fast. We should just let them play a dance, and we can go dance." And we uh, we played a set of set of Irish tunes, and we're just like, "Okay, this rocks. Let's keep doing that." And that was like. 13, 14 years ago,
0: something like that. That's so great. Yeah, like my, I, it took me like, it took me a while, like at least a semester to like start finding my people at, at college. Um, yeah, I had a lot of very like sort of temporary friends. I don't think any of them are listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so lovely that you two found each other the first day. <laughs> that's so great. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I feel like I like pushed myself specifically to like have a bunch of different friend groups. And I'm like, st- I think I still do that a little bit, but I like really appreciate that. Like, I guess less and less, almost a huge portion of my friend group now is like music friends <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just because that's what I do so much of. But, you know, I was like, okay, new experiences and like made friends with my like Freshman dorm roommates sports team buddies because he was a like varsity athlete and then like tried to meet other people through like other stuff and then like It was was nice that like The folky musician crowd was like kind of my comfort base Mm. Um, And that I guess remains true. That's my like community.
0: (laughs) Yep Was there ever a a DTR like for your for your duo? Are you familiar what with is this DTR
3: stands Is this for? just?
1: I feel like oh, this... my
3: dad and his friends say daily turd report, but I think that's something <laughs> different.
4: <laughs> that's such
0: a my dad and his friends joke. That's so funny. Um, maybe this is just my like conservative Christian college. Like I thought it existed outside <clears throat> of this. That means define the relationship. Oh. Like when did you become like a band? a band? Like as opposed to just a moment.
3: Well, like, we. I feel like we. We we did tons of duo gigs. Like every St. Patrick's Day, we would um, we would do some sort of extravaganza show at the college coffee shop, and um, just just make the sound guy's life a misery. Um, and also um, uh, and also some local gigs. But we we didn't have a band name or anything. We were just playing as Brian Lindsay and Alex Sturbaum. Um, and we formed. Uh, a contraband in college called Gallimaufry a five-piece with a cellist and a drummer and a guy who played trumpet and piano and banjo and accordion Um, and so we toured that band a lot through college and then when college ended brian and i found ourselves both going to western washington we were like well let's recontextualize and um play uh start playing contra dances as a duo and and we did and then we decided that that duo needed a name and after a few options we went with countercurrent yeah where did that name come from
2: um it was part of it was part of an extensive band name brainstorming session um, do we get
0: to hear the the plan b names
2: <laughs> oh there were there were a bunch of i i have the list somewhere of of what we went through mm. but um it was we were we were trying to kind of like think about like what 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 is unique about playing as a duo and like what is unique about how we play and like um we we sort of struck on the idea of of like the exchange of of musical ideas between only two people right and how yeah. how that is different and it can be very different than than a larger band context where there's sort of like I sort of think of playing in a bigger band as like there's this central idea of what we're playing together and we are all kind of like trying to key into that thing in the the middle, but it exists separate from each of us. Um, And in a duo, it's like very much like a direct connection between the two of us and we're exchanging musical ideas simultaneously, improvisationally and reacting just like very directly to the other person yeah. and and the idea of also we're both science nerds neither we, of us were music majors in college <laughs> and so i was like ooh, biological concept of countercurrent exchange
3: that is cool which the, is are you familiar when, with this? it's thing? when two sort of two <laughs> is, like right, two, just got very wide. it's when like two uh flowing bodies that are moving in opposite directions um share energy with each other it is what uh it is what I think tuna and maybe salmon use to keep their bodies warm in uh, in cold water because they're not um, they're not like warm truly warm blooded.
2: It's a it's a way of recapturing um, your core the, like so when it's used in um like uh circulation, cir- blood, blood circulation. It's a way of recapturing the core body temperature rather than losing it to the environment. So if you like um the a, a penguin's wing. It's a classic example where like there's warm blood flowing out the wing and then cold blood out at the very, very tip is very, very cold. And as it's coming back, the, they're adapted to have those, those blood vessels, like the arterial blood and the venous blood running right next to each other, forming a heat exchanger. Oh. And so rather than taking your really warm blood all the way out to the edge and, and returning very, very cold blood, you run the warm blood right past the very cold blood that's coming back and it warms it up a little bit
0: yeah interesting
2: and so like the the the, the sum of that process yeah. is like more energy retained in the system yeah and that huh. was kind of like as opposed to the it. cold
0: blood having to i guess like go all the way back to your heart or something yeah right like the, <laughs> the
2: alternative would be the cold blood just gets as cold as it's going to get yeah. out at the edge right. to the losing heat to the environment. And then it has to go all the way back to the core and then it gets warmed up by pulling heat from your core. Right. But instead it can pull heat from the blood that's going to get cold anyway. Yeah. So that blood loses heat to the, to the incoming cold blood instead of losing it to the environment. Yeah. Hopefully nobody listening has any issues with me <laughs> saying the word blood a lot of times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's a really cool concept. Yeah. Um, it's the same concept that, I mean, that kind of like heat exchange is used in all sorts of technology, like heat pumps and air conditioners and yeah. things. Um, huh.
0: And in your band, metaphorically. And, in our, and yeah. metaphorically in our band. Yeah. Like the,
2: the sum of of what we can make together musically is greater than what we would lose to the environment if we did it in isolation. Yeah.
3: yeah. Right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> also our music helps keep penguins alive. I, hope I so. don't know how, but I'm I sure just it believe. does. <laughs>
0: well, shall we play another tune? So yeah. What's next?
2: Do you want to sing one? Yeah, I'll sing one. Uh, another another penguins? another thing <clears throat> off, the new off the new record. record. Um, which is, should I say what the record, like yeah. the, <laughs> in this moment of opportunity, point out that the record is called not so, but far otherwise, and it's available in all the places and we would love for people to check it out.
0: Great. Uh, yeah. after this tune, let's follow up on that title. Yeah. <laughs>
3: great. What are, what are we playing? Uh, this is, uh, this is sort of a, a tune that h- came to us from a Boston based bluegrass band called mile 12, yeah. um, that. I got really into when, when I first heard it and uh, thought that it would be fun to give it sort of more of a, more of a Celtic flavor. So, um, so this is a bluegrass song, a contemporary bluegrass song that has been um, folk processed by, uh, by a band that started out playing Irish and now is, now is getting a bit of old time to it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's just music. <laughs> uh, but this is called The Margaret Keene.
1: Субтитры сделал
0: that song. Uh
3: I really love the poetry of it. Also, I feel like there's some interesting perspective stuff going on because it's about a uh the narrator character, uh their uh their partner is like dreaming of this life of adventure on uh on the sea, you know, uh taking a job as a hand on a fishing boat and and the and the partner loves it, and like you can tell um, by the by the writing that that person has found her calling, and and like wants to do this forever. And the narrator character will be happy if they never look at a boat again. Uh-huh. And so I don't know I feel like it's very inspiring or incredibly sad, depending on who yeah. whose whose viewpoint resonates best with you.
2: But it is like it doesn't have a villain. Yeah, which is. Which is complicated to to manage yeah. that much like that much tension in a narrative with
0: no villain, right? Like, yeah, I guess it would be tempting. It's probably a bit of a Rorschach test. Like you know, some people listening, mm-hmm. you know, are like probably <laughs> tempted mm-hmm. to be like, oh, the narrator's just trying to hold hold yeah. her back, and then some people are probably on the opposite side when they listen. They're like, yeah, you know, like, well, it's inherently like irksome when people want to ramble one way yeah. or another. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I appreciate threading sure. that needle of like, sometimes people want different things and want each other. And then what do you do about that? Yeah. Very relatable to me.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's something that we would know nothing about. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> do you like being on a boat? I feel like you... You sing about boat boat shit all the time. Oh, are you gonna come clean, Alex? Yeah, and, 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 and
1: do
3: it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's finally time for me to air my dirty laundry. I am at best sailing ambivalent. Okay,
1: cool.
0: you, you're often singing about boats, and then, boats are and true. Boat songs are really
3: good. There's
2: there's a lot of really good boat music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I do like being on boats. You like being on boats, Brian. Yeah.
3: Brian, I has, do. Brian literally grew up sailing. Oh, that yeah.
0: is true. I, one time, went like deep sea salmon fishing with my uncle and my dad. And my dad and I, for like four hours, just like vomited the entire time. Oh man. That's it. That's all. <laughs> That's all we did the entire time. <clears throat> it was hell. And so, uh, I also like to think about boats in the abstract. Yeah. <laughs> I like to romanticize boats for other people.
3: The narrator <laughs> character really resonated.
0: <laughs> yeah. When we're talking about boats specifically. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> the title of your album.
2: Explain. Yeah. This was another, like this album was, uh, really, really a, a long way through the process of formation before it had a title. Um really, it came about as as a collection of things that we were really excited that we had actually been playing for years, yeah, a lot of it before before we came to the album making process. So that it was like we didn't write write or put together arrangements of things for the album. We had things that we had been playing for a while. And so coming up with a name in that instance was actually challenging because you know, were like, what is, what is this collection of music?
3: Um, how do we, how do we put a bow on that with a name? Yeah. And uh, <sighs> we were kicking around um, sort of concepts and ideas. There's, God, the, the, the notes memos we could show you. Um, but we have. Uh, it's a lot
2: easier to, to posit <clears throat> really ridiculous ideas than it is to come up with good ones.
3: Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there are plenty. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... The, uh... I, I eventually
2: suggested this phrase because it's... Um, Alex has a really great habit of just kind of having a really deep collection of distinctive uh, turns of phrase that yeah. they like to use. Um
3: they don't often, often, necessarily mean anything. Right. Often they're very
2: cryptic. <laughs> yeah. And and you know your your love of lyricism and and sort of the poetry of language, I think, is connected to that. <laughs> but this is one thing that Alex has. I've heard Alex <laughs> say for years. And it um, means no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, really, really classic, Alex. To to use six words when one will do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. I, I thought this was a thing that kind of, uh, captures the idea of, maybe you think this is one thing, and actually it's something different, um, and that's sort of the context that I've heard Alex use that phrase.
0: Yeah. Um, remind it, remind the listeners one more
3: time the the not so but far otherwise not so. But
2: so far like there will be times when I would be like, you know, um, oh man, Alex, it it looked like you had a great time at that party last night. I was to be like, mm, not so, but far otherwise, I was pretending. <laughs> um, and I just thought that was a, uh, a fun turn of phrase and like unique to you, yeah. unique to our yeah. experience together. <clears throat> and like maybe, maybe belies a little bit what the album is too, because mm-hmm. like um, we are on the surface a, a like tread, music, dance band, yeah. and also like what we tried to put into our arrangements and our production of this album is a lot of, um, I don't know, a lot of layers of, of, of ourselves and our influences. Um, and we hope that that comes through in the album. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I don't think I'm actually ready to give you all a poll quote. <laughs> uh, yeah, y'all's relationship with, I mean, this is always, this is the, the thing with, like, playing trad music, you know, like, you're cultivating a, a very, like, compelling, like, dynamic of acceptance and refusal for the terms of, like, your music and how it's supposed to be delivered, yeah. how it's supposed sure. to be listened to. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I appreciate that. Well, let's play another tune. Should we do another old-time tune? Sure. Yeah, you wanna, we- do you want to do that? Little Pine Siskin. Little
5: Pine Siskin. Yeah. Little,
0: little Pine Siskin. Let's From do a little Lil. John Reichman. Yes, indeed. Recently added to the. Oh no! I've forgotten the name. There's a new collection, the Cascadia Fiddle Tune Book. Ooh. What's it called? Um. Ah, oh shoot. That seems like a book worth. Finding.
5: I I remember
2: hearing about this.
0: Yeah. Uh, we talked about it on the sweater weather. Uh, string band uh, uh, episode, um, but it's on there because it's a Pacific Northwest tune. Sure yeah, yes. is. It?
2: Have we talked already about the, the the different the differences from the way Donald taught us this tune and how I've reverted to playing it more like the way John Reichman wrote it?
3: Nope. I think this will be an adventure.
2: <laughs> it's just that one. Like Donald liked to end the. The A1 and the A2 on the four chord, I think. Yeah, and and, and he goes back to the one, not just the on the a, at the end of the <clears throat> A2, and I, I kind of really like that difference, and that's how it's been to it. But I don't do anything that would, if you do a four there, it won't conflict.
0: I'll try to be uh, chord agnostic. That's exactly what yeah, I was trying yeah. to form in my brain.
2: Yes, <laughs> I, realized <laughs> I realized after I started talking about it that like it's really only a like melodic, well, it's a chordal difference that doesn't conflict with the way I am not guess them.
3: Do as you like. There's no rules in baseball. Let's have at. <laughs> uh, this
0: is another <laughs> exactly. <of> folksy bullshit <laughs> you say. It's like, there explicitly our rules in baseball. See, that could have been the album title instead. <laughs>
5: oh
4: my gosh.
0: Folksy bullshit.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: Your little poetic bluffs. (laughs) Yeah. Is like some sort of like comic book mutant or something. <laughs> like his ability to, to like write catchy fiddle tunes that are like the stickiest tunes. Yeah. yeah. Just like, Real sticky. Yeah. They're
3: so sticky. I feel like anyone can write a tune with all the notes in, but it takes a wizard to write one with all with only the good ones.
0: <laughs> he knows the good ones. It's yeah. It's like one of those. You know how, like, there's all of these, like, X-Men who have just, like, kind of, like, basic powers, you know, like, ice powers or whatever, or healing or whatever, but then there's, like, random ones like Forge who's just, like, I'm a mutant. What's your mutant ability? Uh, I can, I can do machines real good. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's a mutation. It's a super... Yeah. It's like, okay, fine.
4: <laughs>
0: I'm not going to think too hard about it. <laughs> You know, there's gotta there's gotta be a niche. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Back to this album. What should what should we play next that's on the album? Uh what's what else is on the list?
3: Uh Bright Smile Skating. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That that has an old time tune in it, so that's... Yeah,
3: please. <laughs> uh
0: this is in F. F all the way. F all the way.
5: Just oh. F for days. Thank you. Say hey.
0: It again. That <laughs> That's cool. Thanks for that cool tune. <laughs> yeah. We have time for one more. Before we do, where do people get
3: not so but far otherwise? Uh, <clears throat> you can find it on our Bandcamp, CountercurrentMusic.bandcamp.com. It's also on all of the usual places one finds music these days. Um, it is. It is streamable. but we encourage everyone to use Bandcamp, camp (laughs) and you can also um find it at our gigs we uh we play um regionally and nationally we'll be playing in we'll be playing in new england in uh in february and also in june and yeah we're we're around so you can follow us on the socials and find out what we're up to Um, if you're
2: anywhere, anywhere from California up through Washington, we're doing a big tour in March that has not been announced yet, but, um, please, please, please stay, (laughs) stay tuned. And we have the Facebook and the Instagram and an email newsletter on our website, which is countercurrentmusic.com.
0: Cool. I'll, I'll reiterate that again when I make an outro for this. Uh, this is so lovely. Thanks for coming. Thanks for, Thanks for having doing us. This. Yeah, yeah well, is, welcome back anytime. It is always, always a joy a to play play tunes with <laughs> you, Cameron. What should we do for our final number?
3: Let's do this weird tune I got from my dad. Uh, so <clears throat> this is a tune that my dad says that he picked up in Arkansas in the 1970s. Um, no one has ever been able to provide us with a name or ever having heard the tune before I am not 100% convinced my dad did not just write this tune and decide not to tell a soul because Gee. that is that is an Arthur Sturbaum move shout out to my dad if he what does he say is I'm going to have Arthur Sturbaum on the show that cool. cool. would be cool <laughs> I would love that <laughs> A lot of things would begin to make sense. Yeah. very
2: quickly. <laughs> <laughs> all You'll together. get a different mm-hmm. collection of cryptic aphorisms yeah. <laughs> from yeah. from the older <laughs> yeah. Stirbom. Yeah.
3: But uh, one of one of uh, one stir, one such Stirbomism is that my dad has always called a crooked bit in a tune, like a dropped measure or an added measure, a fiddler's prerogative.
0: Oh, interesting!
3: And without having a a name for the for this crooked-ass tune, we decided to call it Fiddler's Prerogative.
2: Which then got shortened to FP in (laughs) casual parlance. Yep.
0: (laughs) Cool, can't wait. Go buy Countercurrent's new album Not So But Far Otherwise on Bandcamp and follow them on social media and check their website for tour dates. All that's linked in the show notes for this episode. Alex and Brian, I'm ready to give that poll quote now. I know these things are generally better when they're taken from a published source, so I'm saying it here. Not So But Far Otherwise perfectly describes Countercurrent's posture of refusal. Not the refusal of any one thing but the arbitrary boundaries between things. Countercurrent doesn't balance deference to tradition and genre with self-expression. They create beautiful, activating music that makes the invocation of binaries and categories seem obsolete and embarrassing. If this album were a scene in Lord of the Rings, it would be the one where Tom Bombadil puts on the one ring and he doesn't turn invisible, but instead makes the ring itself disappear. That's my quote about (laughs) not so but far. Otherwise, hopefully you can uh, put that in some of your press releases. Support this podcast at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. That's also linked in the show notes along with links to sign up for banjo lessons with me then there's pitchforkbanjo.com, my Clawhammer instructional video series, and camerondewitt.com store, where you can purchase my archived workshops. And finally, check out my old time trio, Tall Poppy String Band, and follow us on social media. We've got some announcements coming up about next year, so make sure that you are following us in all the places. That's all for now,
4: friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.